From The Daily Northwestern, I'm Alex Chun. And I'm Susanna Kemp. This is The Weekly, a podcast that breaks down our top headlines each week. On October 3rd, family members of Jacob Blake and Breonna Taylor led a unity march and rally in Evanston. In August, Jacob Blake was shot and seriously injured by a police officer. And in March, Breonna Taylor was shot and killed by police officers while sleeping in her apartment. And on campus, continued calls for the abolition of Greek life faced backlash from Gamma Phi Beta alumni. In a screenshot obtained by The Daily, alumni expressed disapproval toward the abolished Greek life movement. Comments were made in a private Facebook group named Save the Epsilon Chapter. The group's name has since been changed. Some commenters called the abolished Greek life movement, quote, reverse racism. And finally, Evanston announced a proposed 2021 budget. Changes include a reduction in funding for the Evanston Police Department and the implementation of an alternative emergency response plan. Stay with us to hear directly from the reporters and editors who covered these stories. On October 3rd, hundreds marched down Emerson Street from the Jacob Blake Manor to the Ebenezer Prim Towers. The march was led by family members of Jacob Blake and Breonna Taylor. Participants condemned police brutality and stressed the importance of voting. Longtime civil rights activist Jesse Jackson, U.S. Representative Jan Schakowsky, and co-founder of the Illinois chapter of the Black Panthers, Bobby Rush, were among those marching. Development and recruitment editor Maya Spoto covered this story. Maya, could you tell us a bit about the march and what it was calling for? Sure. So the advertisement for the march was called United We Stand, and that was really the message that they were trying to put across throughout the event. It was really calling for unity um, among people, intersectionality and activism, and above all, I would say, getting out the vote to make sure that the government represents the people who elect it. We marched half a mile down Emerson Street and stopped halfway through underneath this bridge and stood there for a little bit and kept chanting and you heard the echo bouncing off the bridge and it just seemed so large. And then we got to Ebenezer Prim Towers, which Jacob Blake Sr. pushed to build. He was very much part of the affordable housing movement in Evanston. And there you had Jesse Jackson and Bobby Rush's formal speeches. People basically shouting in unison from the crowd, saying yes, calling for progress, calling for unity. And could you tell us a little bit about who was marching? So it was a very intergenerational march. The crowd was full of people living both in Evanston and people from out of town, young and old, all genders, all races. It was very full. There were probably 500 people, both from Evanston and from out of town. One of my sources, who is an organizer with Evanston Fight for Black Lives, which sponsored the march, told me that she was just amazed to see people like Jesse Jackson, who've been in the work for so many decades, joining basically with newer activists, younger people, calling for the same message that they've been calling for just an unfathomably long amount of time, which is really like basic respect and unity. You actually got a chance to talk with Jesse Jackson. What were some of his messages? He had a couple of main messages. His first one was that of continuing the fight and fighting against a system that unjustly kills so many Americans and not giving up even when it looks like progress is impossible. His other message, which was a little bit more related to the news cycle, was that 
He was praying for President Trump in the hospital with coronavirus because he hoped that Trump would have a come to Jesus moment where he would have a change of heart and maybe stop harming people, especially black Americans. And so that met some mixed responses from the crowd. Jesse Jackson also led the I Am Somebody chant, which is a pretty famous chant dating back to his early days in the civil rights movement. I want to play some of the audio you recorded from that chant. Through it all, all. will not surrender. Keep hope alive. Keep hope alive. Keep hope Vote. 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 Wow. And you also got to speak with Jacob Blake's uncle, Justin Blake. Could you tell us a little bit about that conversation? Justin Blake said that he really hopes Northwestern students will take the message from this rally and really keep putting the pressure on administrators to make the university equitable and accessible and to also fight for the community. And he said it is so important to remember how Northwestern interacts with Evanston and that they are two connected beings. I think also the idea that a lot of Northwestern students come to these, they come, they protest, they post on social media, but how do you back it up with action was really what Justin was calling and challenging Northwestern students to do. It was put your money and your time where your mouth is. Maya, thanks so much for chatting with us. campus, calls to abolish Greek life haven't stopped, and Northwestern alumni continue to join the conversation. Earlier this fall, Gamma Phi Beta voted to relinquish their charter, which is the official document allowing for a chapter to be created. Relinquishing a charter means that there would never be a chapter of G Phi on campus. However, the International Council moved to suspend the chapter instead. That means that they're halting all chapter operations indefinitely. In a screenshot obtained by The Daily, some alumni of Gamma Phi Beta, or G Phi, have criticized the abolished Greek life movement. One alumna said that despite having been a regular donor to the university, she isn't donating this year due to the university's failure to acknowledge and condemn the abolished Greek life movement. Here to chat with us more about this story is campus editor Isabel Saraf. Isabel, could you tell us a bit about the creation of this Facebook group? From my understanding, the Facebook group was a place where like, the older alumni were asking the members who voted on disbanding what their reasoning was behind it and tried to learn more about the abolish movement. But obviously there were some people who were like just back and forth pitching reforms that they thought would improve the chapter. Like there were a lot of people who were obviously against the suspension and wanted gradual reform instead of complete abolition. What were some of the comments that were made in the Facebook group? The Facebook comments that I saw, a lot of them were more, I would say, just generally hateful, more indicative of this generational gap seen among the alumni. Like a lot of them who are older used phrases like reverse racism and gender dysphoria and used a lot of outdated terminology to refer to things that I think the younger generation sees not politically correct. There was one alumna who said that she felt a twang of reverse racism and like asked if she'd be allowed to rush Alpha Kappa Alpha, which is a historically black sorority. Greek life is really interesting to me because alumni actually have a pretty large stake in chapters operations from my understanding. So could this disapproval from alumni really affect the chapter in any big way? 
Yeah, so this one alumna from the Facebook post that was on the Abolish NU Greek Life Instagram account said she personally did not donate to NU this year, breaking a fairly long streak. And she also said she has every intention of letting them know it's because of the Abolish NU Greek Life Instagram account and their quote-unquote lack of support for the G5 chapter at Northwestern. But Northwestern also does receive donations from alumni who really care about Greek life. Isabel, thanks so much for coming on. And finally, on Friday, October 9th, Evanston released the city's proposed 2021 budget for the upcoming year. Due to decreases in revenue amid the pandemic and calls for the reallocation of funds, the budget has been hotly contested. Included in the proposed budget are a few changes. Evanston is tightening the budget and cutting some funding from the police department. Here to chat with us more about this story are Maya and city editor Jacob Fulton. Jacob, could you tell us a little bit about the current issues that the city is facing in regards to the budget? Basically, because of COVID-19, we've seen dips in revenue across all industries in Evanston. Because of this drop in revenue, the city isn't getting as much tax money. As a result, they're definitely going to have to sort of tighten up their budget in the coming years to make up for these losses as well as potential future losses because we don't know how long this COVID-19 driven recession is going to last. So they're sort of feeling that conflict where they need to figure out ways to cut down their budget, but also provide strong services for the city's residents amid a pandemic. What are some of the things Evanston has been considering in terms of fund distribution? One of the departments that's really been affected by everything that's going on right now is the Health and Human Services Department. This past year, they were working at sort of their typical budget level, but then they had a pandemic thrown on top of it. So in 2021, the city has to decide whether they want to give the department more funds or whether they want to keep it at the same level and sort of try and make them operate that way. The other thing that has been a source of conflict recently has been Evanston's policing budget. A lot of local activists, including activist group Evanston Fight for Black Lives, have called for significant cuts to policing. There's also the implementation of a potential alternative response plan for emergency situations that's being incorporated into this year's budget. That's a pilot program scheduled for 2021 that will basically allow for local social workers to respond to some emergency calls instead of having it just all be police officers and firefighters because they may be better equipped for the situation. And there have been a few other cities that have implemented similar programs successfully, such as Olympia, Washington. In these cities, has the alternative emergency response plan completely replaced the local police department? So the programs in other cities don't completely replace their police forces. They work in tandem with the police force. So it's really just another option for them to have. It's like, When you call 911, you have EMS, you have firefighters, you have police, and then this is like a fourth option. So sometimes they'll do, depending on the program, they do ride-alongs with police officers. Sometimes their responses are completely different units, but they aren't completely replacing the police forces. They all still exist in similar programs, and that's the plan for Evanston as well. Let's chat a little bit about the reallocation of funds. Evanston Fight for Black Lives has called for the reallocation of funds that currently go to the Evanston Police Department. Maya, how is the proposed city budget responding to those demands? The police budget has been a subject of debate, especially since the calls for defunding the police started ramping up last June. 
we have Evanston Fight for Black Lives, a local activist organization that is calling Evanston Police Department's budget to be cut by 75%. And for context, Evanston Police Department's budget makes up 18% of the city's total budget. It is $56 million for the year of 2020. They ended up cutting the police budget as one of the most drastic cuts that they were making. And the personnel budget total was reduced for the police department by $1.7 million, which compared to $56 million in the overall police budget is definitely not close to that 75% number that Evanston Fight for Black Lives is calling for. So the Evanston Police Department's budget makes up for 18% of the city's total budget with funding of over $50 million. Just for context, how much of the budget goes to other city departments? The only larger sector in Evanston would be Public Works, and they have a 21% share of the budget at $68 million. And what about other city departments? So this was last year, this was for 2020, but libraries get 3% at just over $9 million. The Parks and Rec Department had 4% of the budget at about $11.5 million. Health was allocated for $5 million at 2% of the budget. Maya and Jacob, thanks so much for coming on. From the Daily Northwestern, I'm Alex Chun. And I'm Susanna Kemp. We'll see you next week for another episode of The Weekly. This episode was reported on by Maya Spoto, Isabel Saraf, Jacob Fulton, Susanna Kemp, and myself. This episode was produced by both Susanna Kemp and myself. The audio editor of The Daily is me. The digital managing editors are Molly Lubers and Jacob O'Hara. The editor-in-chief is Marissa Martinez. Thank you.